It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Well, 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 welcome to the Fox Across America Game Ball Presentation Ceremony brought to you each week by the fine folks at Fox Across America. Of course, we award, we highlight each week the person who moved the needle the most in terms of, I don't know, either making me laugh or enlightening me into a different way of thinking. Uh, This week's winner, uh, a first-time recipient uh, who was actually here to speak about her new Bible series, uh, it's actually season two on Fox Nation, but it's new to this show because we've never gotten to promote it before. Of course, I'm talking about Fox and Friends co-host Ainsley Earhart, who has become a behind-the-scenes power agent for your radio buddy. She is such a dang delight to talk to in the green room, on the air, off the air, and on the show. But bigger than all of that, with all that's going on in the world, we've had analysis of this Chinese spy balloon and classified documents, but Ainsley spoke to such a basic thing that I really think is needed on a day like today, which is living your life with a greater good in mind, just being the type of person that everyone else is happy to see because they know you're not going to drag down the room, just being the type of person that's not defining yourself by some type of woke grievance that you were taught at a college. So this is not a super-duper religious block, uh, as you might expect, given that she's here to promote a Bible series. But it is in every way uh, empowering and enlightening to hear a little bit of that Ainsley Earhart sunshine on a weekend like the one you happen to be inhabiting where we're all sitting around waiting for weather balloons to cause World War III. So without further ado, Ainsley Earhart, come get your game ball. It's so poignant. You said your junior year, Megan's junior year, my junior year is when I became woke. Something about that mm-hmm. age, 21, really? that's so significant. It's that turning point for yeah. most college students. My one of the lies I believed was that my identity should be found in my gender, my sexuality, my race, all of these exterior things. But really, our identity is in God. And I just I wanted to share that because I think that for anyone that might be young and listening, our identity is in God and in our faith. I believe it was Donald Trump who famously said everything woke turns to. Joining us now on the show, though, someone who would never use such language. This is the bell of the cable news ball. You know how they say everybody loves Raymond. Well, if you work at Fox News, everybody loves Ainsley, the co-host of Fox and Friends, the host of Ainsley's Bible Study. She is here with us today. Hello, Ainsley Earhart. How are you? Hey, Jimmy. Thank you for having me on, and that's very sweet of you to say that. Thank you. Stop it. You're so good for morale. This is like, do you know when, like, back during, like, World War II or— Later on in, in, in the U.S. military history, like Marilyn Monroe would go visit the troops to get them in a good mood. Right. Like right. you're kind of like the radio equivalent of like Marilyn shows up and waves to the troops and now we're all <laughs> high five and ready to go. So, you're so sweet. I thank ge- you. I guess. Well, here, thank you for classing up the show because I want to get into this. So the new episode, it's actually available today on, on Fox Nation. It's called Ainsley's Bible Study. And uh, it, of course, overlaps with the conversation we were just having about wokeness and about how people are defi- being taught anyway at colleges to, like, define their identity through everything but what matters. Isn't it kind of crazy to you that we've taken this route and so many people have gone along for the ride? It really is. And, you know, I remember being in college, 
and growing up in such a Christian household, no matter what my teachers taught us, I kind of knew I had to take certain classes. And this was back in the 90s when I went to college. Uh, so I, you know, I had some teachers where I thought I, d- I didn't agree with them, but I just kept my mouth shut for fear. And I just didn't want to get a, get a bad grade or have retaliation. But I grew up in such a solid Christian home and I, I knew what my foundation was. So, um, but we recently on this Bible study, we interviewed for Fox Nation, we interviewed three girls who, two of them had recently graduated from college and one is still in college. And they talked about their lives and how their lives were transformed in college for various reasons. Um, And it's pretty fascinating. And I could relate to these girls and I have such a heart for women and such a heart for college age students and even middle school students and high school students because little girls get, you know, you your your worth is wrapped up in all the wrong things and if the cute boy thinks that you're cute or he dates someone else and no one likes you no one you know you're never asked out on a date or just so many things that that really shouldn't matter and um these i could relate to all of these girls and their stories like one annabella rockwell she's darling she went she's now working for prager U. But she grew up in a conservative Christian home. She went to Mount Holyoke College, and she's been very outspoken about this. She's written articles and been on Fox and Friends about it. Her professors made her believe that she was oppressed and she was a victim, and so she would go home and tell her mom, you know, you are oppressed, mom, and you grew up a long time ago. You you know, you were sheltered, and she she became really dependent on alcohol. And then her mom had to hire someone to to deep – a deep programmer – to coach her through it and tell her mom what to say to her. And eventually, um, Annabella became sober and she returned to church and she's very close with her mom, but she went a long time without talking to her mom. And now she works for PragerU and she's very outspoken about it. But she talks about how these professors really did change her and influence her and um, have a, had a lasting impression on her life. But they each have different stories. It's, it's Pretty fascinating. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a great watch. It's Angelie's Bible Study. The new episode is available today. Like, drop it like it's hot, girl. It is on Fox Nation <laughs> right now. The episode is titled A Lesson from the Lord. And one of the points I make to people a lot when it comes to God's presence in our life, and this is where I think religion serves the greatest purpose to society, to the greater good, is if people could get back to a place of just living their lives with an end goal in mind, meaning you mm-hmm. want to be a positive asset to society because you want to go to heaven. Now, whether you're a religious person or not, if you could just live your life like you were going to go before some type of tribunal that was going to give you a grade and you could concern yourself with that grade, you'd have a lot more guidance in life than just being taught to seek grievance at every turn, because that's what this is. I mean, in these women you interviewed were basically being told to go find grievance in areas they didn't need it. Right. You're absolutely right. And I love what you said, because it is about a higher power and it's about serving him. And it teaches you when you when you have that foundation or you, you know, I didn't even really become close to Christ until I was 21 years old. It was my junior year of college. And Jimmy, I'd like done what every college student does, went out every night, you know, balanced my schoolwork and my and, and working in various different roles. But I also I was a leader on campus, but I also love to go out at night. And yeah. so. I would drink almost every night, and um, and I just got tired of it. My junior year, I was like, why am I doing this? This gets so old. I need to focus on my career. What was I created to do? And then 
half my sorority sisters were really strong Christians and they had a Bible study and I started going and they were all older than me. The, the leaders in the group were older than me. And I looked up to them and I said, you know, I want what they have. They are so full and so full, full of love and they're satisfied in their lives. They're not l- looking for this void that I'm looking for. And I'm, I'm ready to get serious about life. I have to start thinking about my future and one day I'll get married and one day I'll have children. I need a job where I can pay for my family and make sure my daughter has a better life than I had, even though I had a great life. You know, you always want more for your children. So it was my junior year, and all these girls that I interviewed in the Bible study, Mm -hmm. their lives changed really their junior year too. But when you start to get serious, and and I know a lot of college students, a lot of my friends have college-age kids, and they're finding the same. It's like something happens your junior year. I don't know if you can relate to that, Jimmy. Yeah. But where, where you just have to get serious about your life and realize it's not about you. And when you have some sort of a religious component for me, it's Christ, mm-hmm. then I'm not living for Ainsley. I'm living for him. And I want to please him. And as soon as I did that, I started finding a purpose. And he started blessing my life in ways that I could not imagine. And then I had to ask him and pray, God, what do you want me to do? You've always had me in theater. You've always had me on the stage. Can I do something in television? I transferred schools to the University of South Carolina because I had a good journalism school. And then God completely took a hold of my life, and I just followed him. I started dating a really strong Christian guy. Most of my friends were really strong Christian friends, and I learned so much about the Bible, and God just truly continued to bless me. And so I just realized if you give your life to him— He put me at Fox News. He put me on the national stage where I can wake people up and talk about the news, but also Fox allows me to talk about my faith, and I'm so fortunate. No, I I, I 1,000% agree. Ainsley Earhart is on the line. Uh, She had a much uh, more productive junior year than I did in college. Let me just say that. Uh, It it took me a few more years post-college for me, Ainsley, but it's the same thing, though, okay? For me, it was when I had my son. uh, I was a cab driver in New York City, and I realized that uh, so much of his well-being was going to be predicated on, you know, how I raised him and the contributions I made to his life and the environment I created for him to grow up in. And it's when it comes to the big argument right now that's defining our culture war between pro-life and pro-choice, you know, a lot of times they sell the pro-choice argument to argument to women as empowerment. But the God's honest truth is there's nothing more empowering than living your life for another being. You know, and I feel like they've they've sure. gotten it completely backwards because there's no greater privilege, nor is there no greater like compass in life than knowing your decisions affect other people. That's so true. And every you can't have a baby without your life changing dramatically in a positive way. I mean, for me it was the greatest day of my life other than the day I asked Christ to come into my heart. Mm-hmm. It was it was oh, it was yeah. wonderful. She was born on a Friday and I held her and I just remember thinking, this is the greatest gift that anyone could give me. And it does change how you think about life, how you look at life, mm-hmm. how you treat other people. I mean, we've all known people that maybe aren't the nicest, and then they become mothers or fathers, and it changes them for the better. Mm-hmm. And it was such a beautiful gift. But up until I was 39 years old when I got pregnant with her, because I wanted to make sure I was a financially stable mm-hmm. in New York City and working as a journalist. You know, you don't yeah. make a lot of money in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so it takes you a long time to get where you need um, mm-hmm. money to survive and to afford schools in the city and that kind of thing in an apartment in the city. But also, I wasn't really sure if I, I didn't ever have that desire, that burning desire to be a mom until I was about 
33 or 34 years old, probably 34 or 35. And then once I had that desire, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to be a mom. And then I wanted it so badly. And I got married and um, had difficulty getting pregnant. I had a miscarriage. And I'd walk around the city, and I would look at moms that were pregnant or moms that were pushing their stroller. And I, I wasn't ever jealous. I just thought, God, please give me that. And I knew he would one day. Mm-hmm. It was just going to be in his timing. But um, the day she was born, it was it was so just it was such a miracle and so amazing. And you're right. It changes your life. So did it, did you get closer to God after that? Or you just realized you have greater responsibilities and it wasn't about you? Well, I was, I was raised in a pretty religious house to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely think there's something so humbling about that moment where you're holding a newborn baby and you know, it has to come from something else. You know, it really does in a weird way. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it made me closer. I think, if anything, it just made me, like, firmer in my belief, I guess is a better way to articulate it. Because you realize, like, when you're holding that innocent life in your hands, it's like you've taken a brand-new iPad out of the packing peanuts. It's never downloaded a file. It's never seen anything. You're turning it on for the first time, and you're responsible Mm -hmm. for every website and every file it downloads. And it's... It really is. It's awe-inspiring stuff. And I just, man, it's so hard to articulate this to people. But the whole pro-life argument, it's sold the wrong way because they're selling the other side as the empowering side of this argument. And the truth is there is nothing more empowering than going, oh, my gosh, this thing in my hand is a gift from God, and I'm going to fight to protect it and raise it well with all the fiber in my being. And that's exactly what I did for, like, two years. Then I was like, Jenny, you got to, you know, you got to take over. I'm a mess. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> How many children do you have, Jimmy? Uh, just the one. We saw the first report card, Ainsley, and we were like, you know what? <laughs> Should probably get a dog or something. This ain't working out. <laughs> no, my he's got he, my kid actually has good grades in the honor society. You can't make that joke about your kid unless he is smart. You know, if he right. was, <laughs> I'd have a real That's problem. That's true. You're absolutely yeah. You would not be a good parent if you made that joke. No. It true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, that's so great. How did you go from being a cab driver to um, being on air? Well, it's so wild. So I was doing stand-up and driving a cab, and one of the Fox bookers saw me at, at the Gotham Comedy Club downtown and just asked me to come do a hit on Kennedy's show. And then what started out as like a drinking story, like, tell him about the time you were on television kind of spiraled into getting booked on other shows and then appearing on the radio, and then they gave me a radio show, and now I know Ainsley Earhart. I mean, now it's just crazy. Like, this is, you know. You're so sweet, but you are so good. We love having you on Fox and Friends. Oh, it's fun. I've been watching you on Sean Hannity's show, and he thinks the world of you. Everyone does at Fox. I'm really proud of you. Ainsley, I will. What does your wife say? Oh, she thinks, Jenny thinks this is all hilarious. Like, we just go home at night and just laugh that all of this is going on. But it's like any success I'm experiencing is like it's such a testament to the people here at Fox being so regular that there's a market for a regular guy to walk in and be a part of this thing. Like that's our appeal is like we're the real people. You can go to other TV channels. I promise you they're not all doing each other's TV shows and hanging out on the weekend and getting to know each other's families. But that's very much what we've built. Like Fox News, it really is like a community, wouldn't you say? Definitely. In fact, I was at the gym today and a lady stopped me and she said, uh, she's in there all the time and I see her and we always say, hey, but I didn't know that she knew I worked at Fox and she stopped me today. She said, well, I just want to let you know I'm a new viewer and I've been watching you and I just, you know, I love Fox. Y'all just seem like you really get along and you hang out outside of work. And I was like, we really do. I said, (laughs) we've all been working there together. We've watched each other grow. 
many of us started in our 20s there, and I said, now I'm 46 years old, and I said, I've watched all of us get married and have our babies, and we're so happy for one another. We fill in for one another, and I said, we really are. We are a family, and I said, we kind of stick. She goes, I bet y'all stick together because in New York, (laughs) most people are liberal, and and y'all probably all hang out together because – Yep. You know, there's no one else to hang out with. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So, I said, you know, I am pretty careful when I go out in New York City restaurants. I choose restaurants where I know I'm not going to get heckled or anything like that. But <laughs> I said, you know, when I go down south, it's just, it's so fun. People yep. come over to your table at a restaurant and talk to you and pull up a seat. And yep. they're like our family and they're our customers. We're so grateful for anyone that watches. Cause, no, it's amazing. You know, that helps us. No, it is. It's amazing. And it's the one thing I love so much is like when we're on the road as Fox personalities, you know, the people who you meet, they know you. Like you feel like you right. know them. It's not like it doesn't yeah. feel like you're meeting someone so much as you're like picking up where you left off, you know? Yeah. It's, doesn't it make you like so grateful yeah. i'm just like really i, I think some uh, bosses chose me yeah. god put me in this position oh. there's so many other people that are more qualified why Angel, why me but thank you I, no for sure i'm the, i'm the same way i i literally say thank you to people when it's not part of the conversation they're like hey how are you and i'm like well thank you thank you that's good yeah no you know i always i always describe myself uh, as a dog with a job. You know how you go to the airport and the dog's wagging its tail because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane, the guy that's sniffing right, the bags? Right. That's kind of me. Like, I just I can't believe they're counting on me from time to time to save the plane. <laughs> right. So right. it's all good, Aisley. As long as nobody throws a tennis ball, I'll stay on the set with you. We'll have a good time. <laughs> I heard you say that yep. before. That was cute. That's us. You have to tell people, because we all talked about how fascinating it was when we had you on uh, a few weeks ago, or I think it was like a week ago. And I said, how do you come up with these jokes? Because I, <laughs> you know, I can find myself being funny occasionally, but yeah. not like you. You come up with these jokes. That I'll think of things like a day later and say, oh, why didn't I say that? <laughs> well, I do that too, just to be clear. But there's a different process. Like I'm trapped inside a fun house. Like you still have a semi-serious person inside of you, and that allows mm-hmm. you to be the great Ainsley Earhart. I'm just, you know, a lunatic that's managed to package the madness well enough to fit in here. Um, but I'll give I mean, them. That's so great, though, because mm-hmm. I always tell my daughter, I don't want you to lose your spirit. One yes. day she's going to lose her spirit. But it sounds like if you're a comedian, you really don't. I mean, right. if you're still living in a fun house, that just sounds amazing. Well, that's that's the difference between deciding to stop drinking so much in your junior year and continuing on like <laughs> I did. And there you have it. Ainsley, you're the coolest. Uh, thank you for this. Thank you. You are too, Jimmy. I, I you love big. you. Uh-huh. And I'll say prayers for you as soon as we get off the radio. But I am just so proud of you. And- that's going to do it for the Fox Across America Game Ball presentation. I am back here on Monday. Assuming I make it out of the Reno blackjack tables in one piece, either way, I wish you the happiest weekend allowable by law. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.